You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Chicago Bears shouldn't have too much trouble with the Denver Broncos, but after what we saw last week, we should probably be prepared for anything. Welcome into the Locked On Bears podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm the editor at Bears Wire, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. I'm here to bring you your daily Chicago Bears news and analysis, and today we're putting together our game plan for Week 2, how the Bears offense can get back on track against Joe Flacco and the Denver Broncos, and how the Bears defense can just pick up where they left off last week and put together another strong performance. Before we get into the Week 2 matchups, don't forget to submit your questions for the mailbag edition of the podcast coming out tomorrow. Tweet at LockedOnBears, send us an email, LockedOnBears at gmail.com, or pull out your phone, shoot us a text message, or leave us a voicemail at the phone number 312-620-8590. Even if you're listening to this podcast and it's too late and we already have hit Friday, Send us a question for next week's show as well. We're going to try and do these mailbags every single week. We've already gotten plenty in the last few days and hoping to keep those numbers up and let you decide what we talk about every week. Heading into this Sunday's matchup, it's starting to look less and less like Trey Burton is going to be ready to go. And even if he is, it's probably not going to be 100% because on Wednesday, the team decided to add a fifth tight end to the room. And it wasn't any of the guys who stood out for them in the preseason. It was a guy who stood out for Washington in the preseason. The team added J.P. Holtz on waivers and instead released defensive lineman Abdullah Anderson to create a roster spot for him. Now, Holtz, a little bit more of that Burton-type role of a tight end, 6'3", 240, more of a a move-around receiver option than a pure inline blocker, which makes sense for what the Bears are lacking in depth at the moment. And he's a guy who bounced around a little bit with the Browns and then came to Washington for the last two years, been mostly a practice squad guy. They brought him up last week, week one, to their active roster because their top tight end, Jordan Reed, was dealing with a concussion. They released Holtz this week. He was on waivers. The Bears got him on waiver claims and have added him to their 53-man roster. I would expect given how new he is and given that he still has to learn the offense, that he may not be active for this game, or if he is, he may only play special teams because I don't know that he's going to be ready to step in and instantly play a bigger role on offense. But the fact that they're adding another body at that position, I think shows at least some concern about how quickly Trey Burton will be able to be his usual contributing self. It's going to force the Bears offense to continue to kind of adjust here as they game plan for the Denver Broncos. And I think first and foremost, it means they need to run the football more. Matt Nagy seemed to forget who David Montgomery was by the end of the week one game, seemed to forget that Tariq Cohen could play in the backfield and and receive handoffs. He actually did get a handoff in the first half that was called back to a penalty. So even though he goes down as zero carries on the stat sheet, it wasn't a, a total zero for Cohen. He still had at least one opportunity. Matt Nagy didn't totally forget in that regard, but I wouldn't expect to see the Bears go totally overboard with the Montgomery train, right? 
as exciting as it was to watch. Those six carries were magical, right? I mean, everybody was on the edge of their seats every time David Montgomery touched the ball. And even though it ended up being like less than four yards per carry, we still, of course, all want to see more of this rookie running back. But the Bears are pretty adamant about not asking too much from him and trying to slow things down. And I question whether or not handing the ball off to him a lot is asking too much of him, right? This kid knows how to run the football. He knows running plays. The Bears aren't doing something totally brand new on offense that he wasn't doing at Iowa State. And even if they were, they could just only focus on the things he was doing at Iowa State and not ask him to run types of runs that he isn't used to and still get a high volume of his carries in that regard. But I'm still not expecting the Bears to overload him like that and and still have Mike Davis quite a bit involved, still have Tariq Cohen quite a bit involved. So I apologize to the fantasy owners out there, but don't go all in yet on any of these Bears running backs because I suspect we'll see still a lot of Tariq Cohen at slot receiver and a lot of carries for Mike Davis in addition to David Montgomery, unless the rookie can start ripping off some big breakaway runs and just give the Bears no reason to ever take him out of the game. I just don't see them necessarily handing him the keys to the car. You know, he still still has his temps, still still has to pass the driver's test all the way. They're letting him they're letting him drive around the block in week one, but it's still Mike Davis's car at, at this point. And well really no one was driving the car last week. Matt Nagy took the steering wheel I guess he kind of gave it to Mitchell Trubisky, but it wasn't so much a car at that point, and the metaphor kind of falls apart. But you get what I'm saying. Running the ball will have a positive effect all around on this offense, and it's important for Matt Nagy to stick to it, right? Even if early on they're not getting a ton of yards per carry, but just not asking Mitchell Trubisky to have to force so many throws and try and shoulder so much of the load as he tries to get back on track, get more comfortable in this offense, and build some of that confidence back that seems to be at least somewhat in question around Hallis Hall and in the media following week one. He's going to need as much fan support as he can get at these games. And if you want to be in the stands cheering him on, then you need to download the Vivid Seats app. Vivid Seats is an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans just like you with experiences that'll last a lifetime. They've got great prices, an easy purchasing experience, and even an in-app loyalty program you're automatically enrolled in. Vivid Seats Rewards. And all Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. Looking at the app on my phone right now, the next Bears home game against the Minnesota Vikings, September 29th, tickets starting under $200. So go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime, and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your next Bears game. Let's face it, running the ball more isn't going to solve all of the Bears' problems. right? Obviously, it's a big thing that they need to do. I mean, that will be important to having more offensive balance, and it's, it is a step that they can take to be a more effective offense in week two. But just running the ball more against the Green Bay Packers last week wasn't going to solve some of the other issues that they were dealing with in that game, particularly missed throws from the quarterback, predictability from the play caller, and uh, an offensive line playing much below expectations. And so when you look at attacking this Denver Broncos defense, 
It's obviously a defense Mitchell Trubisky and company should be pretty familiar with in terms of a schematic standpoint, practicing against Vic Fangio every day for what the last two or three years for Trubisky, but just last year for Matt Nagy's offense. But this team has been around Vic Fangio for quite a while, dating back to the John Fox days. So they have some expectation and some understanding of what Vic Fangio may try to do against them. And we saw last week the Oakland Raiders have a lot of success offensively against this Broncos defense. Not that the Raiders lit them up necessarily, but they found some different ways to to neutralize the Broncos pass rush and have some success moving the ball downfield with Derek Carr at quarterback. So the Bears should be able to emulate some of what the Raiders and John Gruden did. I know that sounds crazy. You almost never want to do what the Raiders and John Gruden are doing because it it tends to be messy and (laughs) wrong. But in this case, you know, Gruden was able to do some things offensively from a play-calling standpoint, from a scheme standpoint, from a game plan standpoint that the Bears can try and emulate. And I think most importantly was just their go-to quick passing game. You look at the quarterback pass attempts last week in terms of how quickly Derek Carr got rid of the ball. His average time to throw in terms of snap to pass attempt on on passing plays, 2.12 seconds, tied for the second fastest of any quarterback in the NFL last week. It was Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, Jacoby Brissett. Snap, throw, snap, throw, snap, throw. Like for comparison, Trubisky was 2.3 seconds. Aaron Rodgers was up at 2.77 seconds, one of the longest quarterbacks in terms of holding the ball last week, which was what helped the Bears get the sacks that they did against Aaron Rodgers because we know he is a quarterback who will hold on to the ball too long quite often. When Derek Carr got rid of the ball in 2.5 seconds or less, he completed 88.9% of his passes. He was 16 of 18 with a touchdown for his 123.4 quarterback rating. And I think the Bears can opt for a similar strategy of getting the ball out of Mitchell Trubisky's hands quicker. And not that that was purely the problem last week because the Packers were able to get quick pressure on the quarterback way too often. You know, you look back at some of the pressure he was under. I mean, there were snaps last week. uh, Pro Football Focus charted five of them where Trubisky was under pressure in less than two seconds. I mean, that's that's not enough time to complete a five-step drop. I mean, there were times even on a three-step drop where he's getting pressured before he's even done dropping back. And he, I mean, he, he, the pressure was coming too quickly because of offensive line communications issues most prominently last week against the Green Bay Packers. So even if you're getting rid of the ball quickly, the offensive line needs to be on the same page, making sure they're communicating where pass rushers are coming from and how they're going to be passing off blocks because that was a big issue last week. And I, I would guess, based on the track record of this offensive line that we've seen in years past, it was more uh, maybe rust and more of a fluke and an, uh, an aberration rather than a new norm for this offensive line because we've, we've seen them play so much better and we we don't have any reason to expect them to stay at this poor level because we, we have a lot of proof that they're not that bad. But with the quick passing game, there needs to be more variety because we did see some quick passing last week from the Bears offense at, at times. It wasn't an every throw thing like the way that the Raiders really focused on it against the Broncos. But what came with the quick passing from the Bears last week was 
way too much predictability, particularly I thought early in the game. You know, I looked back and, and went through the offensive plays from Mitchell Trubisky. His first 14 aimed pass attempts. So, and that's not plays where he was sacked or thrown away or anything like that, but on, on passing plays where he aimed it at a, at a receiver. Basically, in the entire first half, it was about 14 aimed passing plays before the two-minute warning. Almost half of them were curl routes. It was curl here, curl there, curl here, curl there, over and over again. And you saw the Packers defense be able to play those more aggressively. And he had four PD, pass defenses, in those first 14 plays. And seven of his first 14 throws were contested targets where it's a tight window and the defensive back is well covering the receiver. And that's just not putting your quarterback in the best position to be successful. Matt Nagy needs to scheme open receivers for Trubisky rather than having him throw a quick three-step drop curl that the defense starts to pick up on after the second or third time. They can really jump on those and try and, and force you to try and beat them elsewhere. Matt Nagy just has to mix it up a little bit. How about a couple more slants? How about a couple more swing passes to the running backs? Maybe a, the screens started coming later in the game, but maybe a screen or two at the beginning. And different ways to get the ball out of Mitchell Trubisky's hand quickly when it's not just a curl every single time. Because if the Bears come out too predictably on offense, then I think the result is going to be too predictable. And I still think, given the quality of both of these two defenses, we're going to be in for another lower-scoring game. So as I look at the over-under right now on mybookie.ag, it's set at 40-and-a-half. And I can't help but find myself thinking, you know, after the Bears offense last week and going up against Joe Flacco in this Bears defense, I, I'm really strongly leaning under there, but I still like the Bears minus two and a half. I do think this is a, a game the Bears can and should win. And if you want to put money down, you definitely need to do it at mybookie.ag. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And that's why we recommend MyBookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Plus, you can even bet on games after kickoff. So if the, store, if the scoring starts coming out high at the beginning, you can take that over by the second half and Make sure you still come out all right. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. That's promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, at MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. We intentionally went pretty offensive heavy in terms of this game plan for I would what I would hope are obvious reasons seeing how good this Bears defense was last week and looking at the offense that the Bears will be going against this week, it's not as though Chuck Pagano is going to have to change too much. I mean, when you look at Joe Flacco under center, I don't understand how you can be Vic Fangio. You know, you get hired as the Denver Broncos head coach. You've been waiting to be a head coach for 30, 35 years he's been coaching the NFL. I mean, I don't know how long he's been in the league, but it's been a long time that Vic Fangio has been an NFL defensive coordinator trying to get head coaching opportunities, finally gets it. You know, interviews with John Elway, the Broncos make him their guy. And they go into the offseason, and Vic Fangio says, you know what, you remember in Chicago when we signed Mike Glennon to a three-year deal and then drafted a quarterback and didn't tell him and totally blew him out before eventually putting the rookie in there before we wanted to? Let's do that again. But this time... Instead of signing 
a quarterback like Glennon that may still have some upside that hasn't been tapped into yet. Let's get a past his prime overrated Super Bowl quarterback who hasn't been effective in at least four years. And then also, instead of drafting a quarterback at the top of the draft and making sure we go get who we want, let's wait until the second round and we'll just take whatever quarterback falls to us. And somehow Vic Fangio all the way on board for that. John Elway all the way on board for that. And you've got Joe Flacco and Drew Locke as your present and future. Now, Drew Locke is actually on injured reserve, so they couldn't even pull Joe Flacco for their rookie the way the Bears did with Mike Glennon and Mitchell Trubisky. They have Brandon Allen, the former Arkansas quarterback, who spent some time with the Rams and originally, I think, started with the Jaguars as a sixth-round pick. He's their primary backup. So (laughs) unlike 2017 with John Fox and Vic Fangio, if their veteran quarterback that they added in the offseason struggles, they can't even put in their rookie and have some kind of optimism and hope for fans to believe in a young quarterback because their young quarterback isn't even ready to go this year. So quarterback situation, almost a joke in Denver and I, I don't understand what Vic Fangio has got himself into. I like to try and give him the benefit of the doubt and say John Elway orchestrated the whole quarterback thing and Fangio just had to go along with it because I, I think Fangio's a smart guy, and I, I don't I don't see him thinking Joe Flacco was going to be the answer, but maybe I give him too much credit. But regardless, the Bears don't have to prepare for Joe Flacco like he's Aaron Rodgers, right? You still have to make Joe Flacco uncomfortable, And he's not a guy that's going to put the ball in harm's way a lot, but he is going to miss throws. There are going to be inaccurate throws that he should make that he doesn't. And when he misses throws, it's usually more of a safer miss. You know, it's it's overthrowing a guy who's open deep and rather than underthrowing and letting the coverage have a shot at it or putting it too far out of bounds or underthrowing a guy underneath. So he's not putting the ball where someone can get it even when he is missing it. But when you give him a clean pocket and let him kind of sit back there and throw— I mean, he can still do some damage. I mean, as much as I like to joke about Joe Flacco, even John Elway insists Joe Flacco is still in his prime, and he's, you watch Joe Flacco, it's very much a declining NFL quarterback. But like last week when Flacco had no pressure, he was 16 of 23 for 200 yards and a touchdown for a pass rating of 110. I mean, he completed 70% of his passes for almost nine yards per attempt and, you know, really having a lot of success working the intermediate middle of the field. He and Cortland Sutton were developing a great connection with him working over the middle on those dig routes and crossers and different ways to even, you know, slants and posts sort of in that 10 to 20 yard range. That was where Cortland Sutton was really kind of eating up. And you got to give the the Broncos receivers some credit. Cortland Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders, pretty high quality guys that you know, they can make plays on their own, even when their quarterback play is a little bit suspect. And they have good running backs. You know, Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman, they can do some damage. And, and you know, Devontae Booker's their third running back, and if he was in there, he they've got quality somewhat around Flacco in terms of weapons. Tight end position, young, promising, but not delivering just yet. Offensive line, some real concerns for Denver. So you do have to take away Flacco's running game a little bit, keep some guys in the box, and, and be careful with the guys on the outside, but you got to get some pressure on him. Make him uncomfortable, because once Flacco gets uncomfortable, then he, he pretty much plays right in your hands, and that's when this Bears defense can really do some damage. So it's not anything new for the Bears. It's not anything unusual for what Chuck Pagano is going to be trying to do. Get after the quarterback, stop the running game. 
And because if you give Flacco some time in there, he's he's going to attack that middle of the field. I think there's going to be some real pressure on the safeties and linebackers, sort of in that level. You know, cornerbacks are going to have to trail him over the middle too, where they have a little bit less of that sideline help and then have to sort of rely on guys in the middle. So they might challenge the Bears' secondary communication at times. But I, I much more like Khalil Mack going up against a Denver Broncos backup right tackle, Elijah Wilkinson, because their starter is dealing with a knee injury that should keep him out for this game. The right guard, Ronald Leary, struggled quite a bit last week, so that should be some nice opportunities for Akeem Hicks. Their strength is honestly their rookie left guard, Dalton Reisner, who seemed to be their most consistent, at least in pass protection last week. And Garrett Bowles, their left tackle, is a recent first-round pick who plays pretty well. But that right side from the center on of the interior of the, the Broncos offensive line, I'd look for Chuck Pagano to attack there. They get Joe Flacco uncomfortable a little bit. I think you can kind of stall out that Broncos offense the way the Bears were able to with Aaron Rodgers last week. And then it's just up to the Bears offense, Metro Trubisky getting rid of the ball quickly, making sure Bradley Chubb and Von Miller aren't giving him trouble all game. And if you can run the ball in there as well to, again, neutralize the pass rush a little bit and just throw enough different things at the Broncos defense that they weren't throwing at the Packers defense last week, I think you've got yourself a game plan for a Bears victory in week two. No matter what happens, we'll be here after the game to recap it all for you on Monday and break down everything we can from the Bears and the Broncos. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast to keep up with all of our daily Bears news and analysis. Tomorrow is our mailbag podcast where I give you control of the show and answer your questions as we go all over the map with Bears Talk. So make sure you tune back into that. Make sure you follow Locked On Bears on Twitter, like Locked On Bears on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter as well, at Cox Sports and the number one. Should be fun to see how Vic Fangio and Matt Nagy try and play chess against the other coach that knows them well, and we'll see who has a few more tricks up their sleeve. But I have a feeling by the end of the game, you'll have plenty of reasons to bear down.